Herbert is being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. That's the greatest throw. What's going seen. on, Bolt fam? Andy with Jack and Alistair, the boys of the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. Welcome to today. We are exceptionally grateful to welcome a special guest on the show whose ex- extensive resume is compiled of, but certainly not limited to, a combined 20 years of sports media and marketing experience, 18 odd seasons affiliated with marquee NFL and NBA teams. He's produced over nine years worth of original print and broadcast content, formerly worked with the Washington Commanders and the LA Lakers, produced, edited, contributed to the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Listeners, you'll all know him as being uh, Los Angeles Chargers team reporter since July 2017, host and producer of the Chargers weekly podcast (laughs) and as sports anchor on KCAL News. That's right. It's my great honor to welcome new friend of the show, Chris Harry, to the TDU studio. Hey, Chris. What's up, guys? Hey, I I appreciate the kind words. I I love the intro to that podcast, man. You guys are doing awesome work, and uh, it's, uh, it's an honor to be with you. Hey, appreciate you. Thanks for the kind words, Chris. It's um, the three of us have been big consumers of a lot of uh, your work with Chargers Weekly, Move the Sticks. Um, this is quite a special occasion to us. So uh, thanks very much for taking the time to uh, hang out with us for a little bit today and uh, have a chat. Uh, my pleasure's mine. Uh, it's it's amazing what the start of training camp can do for NFL fans, Chargers fans in particular. Uh, you get Justin Herbert in there. Don't have to worry about the contract. Austin Eckler got his contract situation out of the way in the offseason and it's just straight football right now uh, a lot to yeah. be excited about in, in all three phases yeah absolutely it's really nice to have all that off-field stuff out of the way so we can all just sort of focus on getting the team right to uh make amends for how last season ended uh obviously a busy week for you and it's really kicking into gear um no doubt it's been incredibly exciting. We're going to get to all of that. But for now, I'm just going to throw over to Jack to take uh, take us through his first uh, segment. Cool. Uh, so, Chris, thank you so much again uh, for coming on. I've, I was doing a bit of research uh, in, your, in your early career and things like that. And I guess I want to jump straight into what you alluded to before, you know, what the feeling is like in the building at the moment. I'm a, I'm a big Bill Walsh fan and the score takes care of itself. It helps me in my professional career. Um, and I saw that you were a member of the back-to-back winning Lakers um, sort of teams that you were a part of that organization. What is, what is going through that feel like? And, and is, it, is it something you felt at the charges as well? I mean, just, just some insight into being at an at a, at a organization that obviously wins it all. Um, what's that like? Yeah, you know, Jack, it's a great question. And, and to your first point, Score Takes Care of Itself is, is an amazing book. I actually found uh, the Winning Edge, the book that's like very elusive that Bill Walsh bought. And I, I got or that he that he wrote, and I, I bought a copy of it, maybe for a little bit more than it was probably worth just to have it because yeah. But it's it's one of those books. You know, Bill Walsh is just amazing. Um, but to to answer your question. It was a surreal experience. I was director of corporate sponsorships for the Lakers. So I was there for nine of Kobe Bryant's last 10 seasons. So I got to experience three straight NBA championships, uh, a pair of 
uh, championships when they beat the Orlando Magic and the Boston Celtics in seven games, which was just an epic series. Um, the Chargers had this long history of winning, you know, you know, 17 mm. championships now. And, you know, at the time I was there, I think they had been in over 50 percent of the history of NBA finals. Like literally like one and two is a good chance the Lakers are in it, you know. So uh, that that history of winning was always there from the Showtime era to Kobe and Shaq to Kobe and Powell. And now, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um I, the the one constant was Kobe Bryant. Like like that was mm. the guy that you knew uh, w- was going to take you to the to the promised land. Like you needed that guy, and I, I feel like as far as the Chargers are concerned, um, the guy under center, that's the guy, right? That's yeah, guy. cool. And 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 I think you know as, as we get to to year uh, four for him. Uh, with a new offensive coordinator, uh, a huge contract out of the way. Um, I've noticed Justin, I, I feel like his his vocal leadership at training camp has been apparent. Um, I think not having to worry about anything but football is uh, is a great thing. And I think the camaraderie that he has with Kellen Moore already and these receivers, you know, Quentin Johnson being the new guy, but let's be honest, uh, the chemistry between he and Keenan Allen he and Mike Williams, uh, he and Josh Palmer, who was the number one mm. for a stretch of last year. I mean, that was on display. That's been on display. Um, people forget that this guy had broken rib cartilage in week two of last year. Good and nice. through it. Had a shoulder injury at the end of last year. No Mike Williams in the playoffs. Keenan Allen was, was gone for eight and a half games, essentially. Uh, maybe the best left tackle in football out for the season. So, you know, Jalen Guyton, another guy, the speed guy who gets hurt in Jacksonville uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars early in the year. So it's a it's a long roundabout uh, way of answering your question about the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the piece is the quarterback. And, yeah. and I do believe that Justin Herbert is one of those transcendent players that you can build around and eventually win a championship. Now, in the NFL, it's different. You know, we could list off all the teams in the AFC and how difficult it is to get to the postseason, you know, and win your division. You know, you get the Chiefs in the division, Patrick Mahomes, who is that Michael Jordan right now. Um, but I, I do think it starts with quarterback. They have tons of talent that I'm sure we'll get into, but um, you can win a Super Bowl with Justin Herbert and you can do it early. Yeah, I, that's I agree. I I just think, you know, your your time with, with the Lakers and it, it, well, I was just doing a bit of reading and research and you sort of seemed to – you wanted to sort of go down the sports journalism path in 2015, I believe, and you graduated from Medill. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. If I'm, yep. if, Is that right? The, that's the right. Medill School of Journalism. Um, and, you you know, you were awarded uh, the highest and most prestigious award Medill can give to a graduate, which was uh, which is incredible. Does, does having all that prior experience, you know, with the Lakers, with Washington – does that give you uh, more of an insight and maybe um, an easier way to navigate as a journalist and reporting in, in on a team um, in an organization? It's a great question. I think it does. I, I started in sports at a radio station. I thought I was going to take that media path immediately. And in sports, sometimes you just you take the path that you're given. And, and I, I received yeah. a full-time position at the then Washington Redskins, now Washington Commanders. I was there for a couple of seasons parlayed that into a, a job with the Lakers. And uh, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't trade a second of my time 
uh, at both organizations. Um, it, it was it was a dream, frankly. But uh, I, I told myself if I didn't get back to what I love to do quickly uh, in 2015, I, I'd never do it. So mm. I made that switch to kind of uh, differentiate myself from you know sports executive to sports reporter, anchor, journalist, and and I felt like I needed to do that. And, and the you know coming back to Los Angeles, having the network, having the contacts. And, and frankly, knowing how uh, a world-class organization operates, you know, being in that, that building with Lakers for nine seasons, um, being, you know, in building of another NFL team earlier um, in my career, uh, you have a, a, an appreciation for how things work on both the business side and the, the operations side, whether it be football or basketball operations. So I, I do think that that gives you an advantage because you understand how things work inside a, a professional building. Yeah, I, it's just so cool, you know. You, you know, that you find the transition from a lot of players go into journalism, and you know they've got that clout. You know, they've 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 done that. They've done the X's and O's. They've been out there. Um, but you know, the, I find the way that you report on it, and the way you navigate, and you talk with Matt Money Smith, and just the insight that you can give, and that the way that you talk about the charges is really helpful for fans like us because we're not there. We don't. We're we're sort of not at training camp, so. Um, I, that was just yeah. a little bit. We wish um, we were. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> Look, Jack, uh, you know, no. I, I appreciate that very much because, you know, money and I, I, we don't take for granted what we do and the, the access that we do have, whether, you know, be, be on the plane with the players or, you know, at road games, at training camp, at practices. Um, you, you really, you, you gain a great appreciation for the amount of work that goes into each and every week from the coaching staff to the training staff to the players. Um, it, it's it's quite remarkable to see what it takes to prepare and get up for a week in the NFL. And there's so many people that make it go. And, you know, it's our absolute pleasure to be able to try to give fans some insight into what the Chargers are doing on a daily basis. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you from me. Um, I'm going to pass over to Andy now. I think he's got a couple of questions as well. Yeah, so just, uh, Chris, with regards to your time with the Chargers um, so far, obviously you worked in LA and then you took a couple of years off probably just to sort of redirect, um, your, you know, your uh, your path, I guess, with what you wanted to do. What was the um, – how, how did you sort of get the opportunity to join the Chargers? Was it just through connections in LA or was there – Yeah, well, you know what? I, I did have some connections to the team um, when they made that move from San Diego to Los Angeles. I knew – when I was going to be done with graduate school, there was going to be one, at least one, likely two teams in Los Angeles. You know, the Rams obviously, obviously came to LA first and then the Chargers. So the uh, funny thing is I pitched the Chargers on a podcast. They didn't have a podcast. Right? Right. So I, I said, you know That's what, let me, let me uh, try this out in training camp and, and I'll, I'll host it. I'll edit it. I'll get my own guests. And this could be something that you you guys maybe think about, you know, kind of implementing. So we did it in training camp. I think my first guest was Eric Williams of uh, ESPN at the time. And LT was the next day um, because he was in trying to wow. the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2017. Right, eh? <laughs> we just kept getting guests during camp. Our guests are like that too, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, we've we've got it. We've had a Chargers Hall of Famer on the show. Yeah, yeah. we had we had Darren Darren Bennett last week. Oh, that was amazing. good. There you go. So LT's yeah, next. Awesome. He's down the pipeline. Well, next. <laughs> but, but you know, that's guys. That's how I started. Is I, I pitched the motor podcast. It stuck and it turned that's into awesome. Chargers Weekly, and, and here we are entering our seventh season doing it. So cool. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's um. I guess you've you've had the uh the clout behind the professional clout behind you to be able to pitch that to the team. But it's fantastic that, um, that, you know, they even, they, they turned around and said, yeah, we back you, give it a go. And you've, you know, it's been just going strength to strength. Like I said, we we're big, um, enjoyers of the show and of the content. And like Jack said as well, spot on with, um, uh, just bridging that kind of access, uh, to those yeah. who, you know, can't be there. And so it's, it's great. Um, yeah. So obviously the charges just moved to LA kind of when you, you, uh, came on the board, um, on the scene and it was a pretty interesting time in the team's history. Yeah. Uh, where, what was it like reporting from, you know, the smallest stub hub center, um, the team's trying to find its, its new spot in the market. How was that? It, you know what? It was, it was interesting. I loved every second of it though, because it, it was, it was, you know, the beginning of football in LA, you know, the Rams got a, a year head start, um, it was definitely different seeing uh, StubHub, you know, be the be the home of an NFL team with you know nineteen thousand yeah. fans inside it. It was a it was a surreal experience. Um, it was a it was a heck of a coaching job by Anthony Lynn. They they started zero and four, if you guys remember, did not look good. They, yeah, they were close right. at all these games. You know, I think it came down to a missed field goal in week week one, and then week two as well. Yep, there's a few of those in our history. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, a botched hold. Yeah, that, that's what it was. I think it was was it a botched hold in week one, then a missed field goal in week two, something like that. Take take your pick. Take yeah. your pick. It was over four to start though. But the ski coach Lynn, you know, I give him so much credit for everything that he had to kind of take on, um, mm. taking over a new team with a veteran quarterback um, who you know was idolized in San Diego came up, um, teamed up with him, and then everything on the outside, not just the football stuff, having to just navigate all that. And then starting 0-4, and it's a, it's a real testament to him that, that he kept that locker room together. And they they turned out, you know, if you guys remember at the end of that year, man, they were, you know, they were really on the cusp of making the playoffs. Um, yeah. You know, the 2018 team was unbelievable, 12-4. and um, Yeah. A lot of good memories uh, for me, at least, and, and to see where the fan base in Los Angeles is now from 2017. Just walking around training camp, uh, we did some stuff for CBS last week, and just to see the line of fans, uh, it's it's really cool. And I know the organization has to be um, proud of the, the the great strides that they've made in Los Angeles um, to be in a, a brand new building and just the, the most ridiculous stadium on earth. And uh, to have a franchise quarterback like Justin Herbert and, and a fan base that, that's that's starving for uh, for a championship. Yeah, absolutely. I think you make a really uh, good point. It's something probably not considered too much about Anthony Lynn's tenure is just how difficult that is to sort of because Phil, you know, Phil wasn't. Uh, he made it clear that he wasn't going to move his family up there, and fair enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they've got enough land to house all his kids. <laughs> um, but he, uh, yeah, he was pretty vocal about not being too keen on the idea of it. Uh, so that kind of made the whole situation harder. Um, the San Diego fans weren't happy about it at all. And you're going into a LA market where it's all glitz and glam and 
Um, there's the Lakers and success and there's all those things and you're really fighting uphill. So it's probably something that I know I, until yeah. you said it, hadn't really considered, um, you know, standing up for in Anthony Lynn's corner because as fans, it all comes down to win loss and starting 0-4 is not a good look, even though the team comes good. It's just kind of, it was that sort of charges story going 12 and four bailing out. And it's just, it's so cutthroat that there's always the need for change. You know, Staley took, took the first couple of years to get going with his defense and stuff and people are calling for his head. And you just kind of, I think maybe with how much we consume um, now in, in doing this, you kind of, you just need to sit back and just go, just chill and let him, let him cook and do his thing. Andy, it's a, it's a um, great point. And it's, it's something that I, I wish, you know, you know, listen, I, fans can cheer and boo and, and do whatever they want to do. Right. I, by all means, yeah. these guys get paid a lot of money to, to win games. Uh, but I, I always look at the human side of this thing and just the, the amount of work that coach Lynn, coach Staley, that coaching staff, um, you know, th they got families, man. They, the, the thing, the thing can turn around on a dime. You know, you can, you can, you know, NFL not for long. Um, and that's players and coaches. Yeah. So to, to appreciate the human side of it and to, you know, really give, honestly, I, I always say this about Anthony Lynn, like he's, he's one of my favorite guys. Um, he, he really kind of, he kept things together at the beginning. They had an amazing team, 12 and four. Um, that was the closest team to kind of dethroning Kansas city in the AFC West during this time in Los Angeles. And, uh, and, you know, coach Staley, I, I, I do think that uh, in his third year, um, you're starting to see him really get even more comfortable in that role of head coach of the chargers. And they were nine and eight, his first year, 10 and seven, getting into the playoffs. So you're seeing that upward trajectory. And then obviously year three, when you bring in Kellen Moore, uh, the turnover on the roster is not very much. You know, a lot of the same guys are back. It's good. Um, I think that's a good thing. Um, and it's it, it was smart to to be able to bring Keenan and Mike back. We know those cap numbers are huge next year, so it may be a different story in 2024. So, you know, with some of these guys, they probably I don't know if they acknowledge it publicly, but privately they they probably know that this is this is kind of the last ride with some of the core guys. You know, I remember yeah. 2017. Uh, there's five guys on the team from 2017, Joey, yeah. Keenan, Michael Davis, Austin Eckler, and I'm missing somebody. Um, it'll come to me, but Mike, Mike Williams, Mike Williams, He's Mike right. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Five guys. There's only five guys from the 2017 team. Crazy. So the, the turnover has yeah. been crazy. It's what the NFL is, but, uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this team and coach Staley in year three. Yeah, well, I think it's um, it'd be super special for you to be a part of it as it's transitioned in new town and you've seen the last regime end and now this one grow and to be a part of it because it's it's super exciting and like you're saying we've got some really awesome um, awesome guys. So on that note, I'm gonna hand over to Al and he can get stuck right into what everyone wants to hear about Ooh. is training camp and the season ahead. Well, there's so much excitement, isn't there, Chris? You talk about fans lining up to get to to watch the team i know it's been hot in la it looked like you got a bit of suntan you and money trying to avoid to avoid the uh the desperate la sun it was brutal, it was brutal. But, we got a tent we got a tent this past week though guys it, that was good <laughs> good but all you need to do is spend a few minutes on twitter and you see that those trolls are out there you know 27 0 27 0 and that's going to hang over the team for a little bit until they can go out and actually 
right that wrong. From your vantage point, seeing the team every day, are you seeing that being used at all as a motivational tool or is it don't talk about it? What's, what, what are you saying? It's a, it's a great question. It's something that I thought about this off season. Is this going to be something that they're just going to have to deal with all year? Uh, part of me is the mini camp in the, the kind of the summer break hit. I thought, all right, it's, it's over. We've, we've beaten this thing into the ground. Like this is a new team. Um, but frankly, I, it's not going to go away because no. that, that sting, man, like I was in that locker room. I've never, I've never heard. It was deafening si- silence. It was like, mm-hmm. it, I, I really can't explain that. I've never been a part of a locker room after a game like that. Um, so that's going to stick with guys. That's going to stick with coaches. And I, I look at it as a, as a positive, you know, it's, it's something that you have to kind of go through everything in life, man. Like you look at some of these Super Bowl champions and look at their careers before they actually won the Super Bowl, you know, look at Peyton Manning's career before he won his Super Bowl and just kind of the yeah. and valleys. Peyton Manning could never, he, he's never going to win it all. Right. He's never going to win a Super Bowl. Um, he's a, he's a regular season quarterback. He changed that narrative. You know, these guys have that opportunity to change the narrative, but they have to show it, right? There's no more. I think people are a little guarded to crown them as Super Bowl champions after, you know, what's happened the last couple of years, especially those last games. Um, so they have to show it. And, and I think that they realize that they embrace that. And uh, I, I, there's really no other, no other spot that you'd rather be in. Just show it. Um, get that taste out of your mouth. And uh, I, I actually think it's a good thing that I, there's not much turnover on the roster. Most yeah. of the guys who are going to make an impact this year um, felt the pain of Jacksonville in January. Well, this is going to be that big turning point, right? Steel is forged in the fire. It goes either way. You can have 28-3, the whole Atlanta Falcons thing. Yep. That seems to have decimated that organization. We're all desperately hoping that it goes the other way, that they use this as that sharp reminder and then take it the journey this season. I think part of the reason for excitement though is that key change at the offensive coordinator position, which a lot of fans are hoping that with a new offensive coordinator who led a lot of great Cowboys offenses, we will see similar results in LA. Watching Callum Moore up, up close, can you see any differences, maybe the way he interacts with players compared to the previous staff? Like what are your observations of Kellen early in training camp? Well, I'm watching Kellen call plays, and I'm seeing a lot of a lot of shots. <laughs> it's just a lot yeah, of shots yeah. down. That's what we like to hear. You yeah. know, uh, you know, it, it, it before you know, it's again, it's easy to to uh, pile on the previous offensive coordinator. Hmm. I, I will say this, okay? Yeah, you know, everybody deserves a, a share of blame. Again, I, I and they had a success in 2021, right? It's not like it was all bad with the previous regime. Look, either. look at Justin's numbers in 2021. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the fact that Justin was hurt, guys, it, you know, it, it doesn't really, it hasn't been talked about as much as I thought it. It should be talked about this off season. Like people, just because he toughed it out and played every game, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. If it was Aaron, Aaron Rodgers or another quarterback who was mentioning it in the press. Maybe it would have received more attention, but Herbert never said about it. Yeah, and that's his personality. He's not going to. He's not going to make excuses, and frankly, he shouldn't. And, you know, we week two, though, like broken rib cartilage in week two against Kansas City Chiefs. Imagine, guys, if they won that game. They were dominating that first half, like dominating the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Um, some really tough calls in that first half. The Gerald Everett uh, slip and the interception, oh, pick six, oh, yeah. just mm. crushed them. And then at the end of the game, insult mm. to injury, uh, Justin gets hurt. And th- that's about as painful as you can imagine. I remember the game, I think it was a week or, a week or two later, where they played Jacksonville at home. And yeah. we had no idea that he was even going to play. Like, we thought Chase Daniel was going to get ready and yeah. start that game. He came out. Obviously, they – they got they got beat pretty bad, um, but the guy was hurt. Uh, the personnel on the field, like they had no speed. Once Jalen Guyton got hurt at the end of the Jacksonville game, Keenan was already out. Um, you're relying on DeAndre Carter uh, to to play like a meaningful receiver role last year, and he was just supposed to be your returner, right? So like you know Joshua Palmer. I told Joshua this on Wednesday when we interviewed him. I don't think that they get to the playoffs if they don't beat the Falcons in Atlanta in November and, and Josh nope. doesn't have the game that he had, you know, he, he really stepped up and he stepped up against the chiefs. I think in, in both of those games, he had big games against yep. the Kansas city chiefs. So, uh, you know, Mike came back and then you saw when Mike and Keenan came back against Miami, like, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like again. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mike gets hurt. So you don't have Mike in, in a game. You're up twenty-seven nothing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not. It's not making excuses for for Joe Lombardi, but it does provide a little context. They couldn't. Run the, it's context. Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. couldn't run the yeah. football. They couldn't run the football. And again, some of that does fall on the offensive coordinator. You got to be able to run the football, yeah. especially in the playoffs, especially late yeah. in games. So, all that being said, Kellen Moore, um, do we know what it's going to look like? I don't know. I, I know there's going to be more shots, though. And to see Quentin Johnston and Justin, the, the early chemistry in camp has been refreshing to see. To see the, the, the Keenan and Mike and Joshua Palmer trio that already has that time on task with Justin. To, Incredible. To see, you know, yeah. you see what Gerald Everett did in the, in the playoff game against Jacksonville. Probably had his best game of the year. Um, now yeah, Parham is back. Um, they got a hoops team. you know, And then Austin, yeah. 38 touchdowns the last two years. So – Kellen Moore has so much to work with, not to mention the left tackle being back. Corey Lindsley at center. You got Zion moving to the left side. Sawyer moving to the right side of right guard. And Trey Pipkins, who, you know, last year I think toughed out a lot of injuries too that not a lot of people talked about. Loaded. Yeah, well, so much so much of um, what Kellen has now is, like you said, health. And the offensive line was somewhat of a revolving door. Lindsley in and out. Matt Filer not at the – sort yeah. of level that he'd been for his first couple of years at the Chargers. Rashawn Slater out as well. Uh, rookie sixth round left tackle. Like there was a lot not sort of in um in Joe's in Joe's favor there. But uh hopefully, you know, Trey I think Trey was back at um training today, mm. which is good after missing four odd sessions in a row. So yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um he he toughed it out. He was one of the the hardest sluggers last year, I think a really um undecorated kind of warrior with how I agree. Uh, limited he was to um to to. Uh, it's about health, Chris. Health across the line, guys. If if that if that group stays sure. healthy this year, they're going to be able to run the football with with Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. Uh, we know what Austin's capable of, um, but if you could just just hold the line for Justin and, and let him get down the field yeah. to Quentin Johnson, his run after catch ability, uh, Joshua Palmer. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I really am excited for him. I think yeah, he's been a little bit overshadowed because of the yeah the hype. And he looks like he's making plays every day at camp. Josh Palmer yeah. stepping up to the 
to the challenge. He's saying, you wait, rookie. I'm ready to go. I'm not going to give up snaps too easily. <laughs> I know, Chris, you've got a, a short out soon, but to flip quickly to the defense, yeah. new coordinator, looks like he brings a lot of energy to the table. Um, mostly the same personnel, except one key change, bringing in an all-pro linebacker in Kendricks, who just, when you hear the linemen talk, um, SJD, Fox, they're talking about the difference they're noticing and the the vocal leadership from the linebacker position telling them where to go or talking about the fronts and stunts. Do you do you think this could be this Kenny Murray kind of breakout season with uh, Eric Kendricks next to him? A lot of people are talking about Kenneth Murray, um, a, lot, a lot of his peers, and, and that's encouraging. Yeah, um, I'd love to see it. I, I'm a big Kenneth Murray fan. Um, he, he's a great person, first and foremost, and I, I, I've liked uh, how he kind of bounced back after – uh, Staley's first year and you know he was hurt it was yeah. tough to kind of find a position on the field for him they tried him out at edge I think I remember the game against Houston late, right. late in the year and mm -hmm. just wasn't a fit and uh, you know he he made up for last year and I, and I think he can take another step and I think having a guy like Hendricks on the field is going to help um, obviously the, the the key to this defense guys you know we didn't get to see it last year we were we were so excited to see it um, Joey Bost and Khalil Mack together or, you know, I know it's a 17-game season. Let's get them on the field for 14 games together and see what happens. Ooh, yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine. Like, and, then, uh, and then, you know, is Tuli Tuli Pelotu going to be able to, to make an impact this year? Second-round pick, 20 years old, he's massive. Yeah. Most sacks in college yeah. football, you know, yeah. why not? If you, watch, if you watch Chargers Weekly this week, look at Tuli's legs compared to money in my, in, in my legs. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you everything you need to know about what, what a uh, he's a monster. Uh, uh, you know they they need to find you know, they they didn't bring back Kyle Van Noy I think for a reason. No. You know they're, they're banking yeah. on Joey being ready to go with Khalil and Thule contributing and, and Chris Rump taking another step. Um, you know uh, you got Fox and, and uh, Sebastian uh, Austin Johnson working his way back in coming back. Obonia coming are there. back as well. The names yeah. are there. That we've just got to put it all out on the field, and there's lots to be excited about. Hey, Chris, a final question, non-football related. Yes, sir. Jack, Jack is a soon-to-be a father in the next couple of weeks of a baby girl, and I know you're a dad to two twins, I, I, I believe. Oh, so, yeah. do you do you do you have any advice, any wisdom you can impart <laughs> for our friend Jack about soon-to-be a girl dad? Well, Jack, first. Congratulations. Thanks, um, mate. I appreciate it. That. Is, uh, it's the most amazing thing um, I've ever done. It's crazy. Uh, get ready not to sleep. Yep. And, <laughs> hey, speaking of Australia, you know, I, I've watched every single episode of Bluey maybe <laughs> yeah at least do you, do you see any do you see any parallels between you and bandit the dad i do but every time all right every time bandit comes on the on the screen dad that you know she points to me so she like oh, oh that's right um, listen, so man. It's, Andy doesn't have a kid, so I'm not sure why he knows that. He's just watching. <laughs> it's just, hey, listen, it's a good show. Well it's read, actually right? a good show. Yeah. But Jack, congratulations, man. I the best advice I can give you is just enjoy the ride, man. Just have, have yeah. just let let it all just go, man. It's it's the best thing I've ever done, uh, and it's it's fun to see them grow every single day and change, and they're going to daycare in a month, so. 
Um, Amazing. You know, yeah. it's, you know, your girl, little girl will be watching Justin Herbert hoist the Lombardi here in a few years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Hell, exciting. a few months. Why not? Why not a couple of times? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. Fantastic. Exactly. Fantastic. <laughs> well, Chris, mate, um, thank you so much for taking the time out to come and talk charges football and parenthood with us. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, um, we're massive fans of the work you do uh, guys out there. You know where to find Chris joined with Matt money Smith on charges weekly and all the other awesome stuff he does. Um, appreciate it, man. Looking forward to more of your content as the, uh, the season goes on. Hey, you guys are the best man. Keep it up. Um, you know, one of the things I've noticed uh, since we started charges weekly, all the awesome charges podcasts and, and like there's, there's so many, awesome ones, including you guys. And I, and I think just keep it rolling because uh, you can never have enough content. You know, as a fan, you want to consume it uh, as much as you possibly can. Everybody has different perspectives. And uh, I, I can't thank you guys enough for everything you do um, in, in terms of just, you know, being there for fans and, and giving your perspective. Oh, thank you yeah, so much. Uh, appreciate Thanks, it, man. Chris. That's, um, yeah, that's lovely. Uh, that's one thing we've noticed for sure is um, the community of, we've had a couple of, caught up with a couple of the um the guys who do shows in the states on the charges and they're just all lovely people and it's just um it makes the the whole enjoyment of this just that much more special so uh thanks you're really the the flag bearer of it so um mm. appreciate it mate yeah, thank uh, you. and all the best hey appreciate you guys man we'll uh we'll have to do it again soon let's do it sounds good yeah, chris to see it, you mate well, see you later Firing, he's got Floyd turning, got it, 6 and 10, 5, high step, touchdown, San Diego! Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Good night, good night to all!